Hi everyone, welcome back to Divided Films, the podcast where we talk about movies that audiences and critics do not agree on. My name is JJ and with me is my co-host Keith. Welcome back, Hello. Keith. Hello! Hello! It's uh, great to get back into it again after having a little winter break from yeah. recording, but we're, we're excited to get back into it again. I'm happy to be back. We had a good uh, holiday break, some uh, you know a really busy couple of months, but now uh, as spring approaches, it is time for new life back into the podcast with more episodes and some new ideas that will be coming your way. So look out for that. But for now, um, we are starting off our new season with the uh, MCU movie Eternals, directed by Chloe Zhao and starring an ensemble cast. This movie falls into the category of having a negative score with critics and a positive score with audiences. So on Rotten Tomatoes, 48% of critics approved, but 78% of audiences approved, so 30% difference there. The critics' consensus on Eternals an ambitious superhero epic that soars as often as it strains, Eternals takes the MCU in intriguing and occasionally confounding new directions. Now, this is actually the first movie we're talking about that also has an audience consensus on Rotten Tomatoes because they had introduced that just a couple years ago. So the audience consensus on Eternals It's a different kind of Marvel movie, but Eternals still contains all the action, humor, and heart that fans are looking for. So that remains to be seen based on our opinion. Uh, So that's kind of interesting getting the the two different consensuses. Consensi? Consensus? Whatever. (laughs) Getting the two of them there. Consensium. (laughs) Consensium. Whatever it is, we'll look it up in the dictionary later. Uh, But yeah, so... You know, this is this was a, a Marvel movie that I wasn't super pumped to see. I don't, I don't think really I've been as excited to see a Marvel movie personally since Endgame. Uh, just because, you know, that was the, the climax to, like, you know, many years in, in the making. And, you know, ever, since then, it's been an interesting few years for this franchise and, and this studio. And I feel like this movie... We'll see if it's made more enigmatic of this post-Avengers phase in terms of, you know, what direction are we going? And is there a clear direction of where we're going? Because personally, I'm not sure. And I have an idea of certain elements that are to come in the MCU based on other properties like Spider-Man and Loki and such. But based on this, you know, if this is something that we're going to continue with these eternal characters, I'm not that excited about where this franchise and this empire of comic book movies is heading but what what about you keith what you know what I, you saw this before me and um you know I, I i think we're maybe on the same page here i'm a big mcu fan so this one for me was interesting uh and we, we're now like a couple months out with the benefit of hindsight i think i can definitively s- say and you know as a big mcu fan i don't have to go along with everything that they do. But I always think you say it best, JJ. This movie is boring. <laughs> it's not a bad or awful movie. Like I actually think there are some there's some things to like about this movie. However, the characters and characterizations and the length and the 
like I remember someone was praising the themes. I even think that's muddled. It all comes down to the script. And this script was messy, convoluted, and boring. (laughs) Yeah, you know, for me, it starts with the characters. I feel like, I don't know if this is on the actors or the directors, but there's not really much personality here with these eternal characters. And so, yeah, if I if I don't like the characters or care about the characters or have anything to hang on to, of course I'm not going to be invested because right, I feel like the heart of any comic book movie is the main character, but like also, you know, the, that's like the heart, you know, we love Peter Parker, we love following Tony Stark and you know, all these Avengers characters, I don't really care about these Eternals. And I feel like any sort of issues they were having rather, you know, kind of annoying me or again, just uninteresting. Like the whole thing with Sprite, the Sprite character who basically is willing to destroy the planet just because she's in love with the Icarus character. I found that to be so uncompelling. I'm like, really? Like you're that unemotionally intelligent that you're going to, betray everyone just for one guy because you love him i I didn't really buy that for example it just seemed to me um that there were just you know what the what the characters were experiencing or going through in their minds i found to be totally unrelatable and not compelling well it's kind of uh look i'm not i'm not a hollywood screenwriter or a a novelist I, i do like to write but you know it it is what it is. I don't. Th- it's unrelatable because you can't relate to a god. Like, like you never really. You're never really supposed to make your a god your main character. Yeah, but you know what? Wonder Woman is a god, and I know that's like a whole different franchise. But Wonder Woman is compelling, and there's at least some things to hang on to with the emotions she experiences. Even though she is a god, Superman is a god. There are lots of superheroes that are godlike. That we can have something to hang on to. Thor is literally a god. Okay, to to answer all to answer, uh, to, both Thor and Wonder Woman are both fish out of water stories, and they have uh, Natalie Portman and Chris Pine to rest off of. I think you know people don't people kind of like the first Thor movie. It, it it's you know it's serviceable, and people the chemistry between Chris Pine and the story, the writing, the 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 moral dilemmas that Diana goes through. And, and, but you never, like, all the, why was Kit Harrington in this movie? To build up the next movie, which is apparently going to be Blade, because now there's going to be vampires. <laughs> like, I can't take it anymore. There's just too many things going on. But that goes back to a gripe I had with Captain Marvel, which is a focus or a forced plot, uh, plot element just for the sake of, franchise building i really don't care for that it's really obvious and transparent and it takes away from the movie you're in like let's not worry about the next movie the next three movies let's worry about the movie we're in now and if you sell me on that then at the end i'll be excited for what's to come but as it was you know he i had a sense that he had a purpose in in something more than what was in this movie itself like okay like he's here for a reason he's not playing any part really in this plot so he must be something to tie in to a future movie and uh my prediction was right because i'm smart and i know everything he should have been the main character this movie is about the movie the theme is about love like i can like i I, I, as i watch this and god this movie's two and a half hours long I i had to pause it sometimes just to like 
get a mental break and play Wordle or something. Like that's where I was with this movie. Like <laughs> I uh, way to date us. I, I, it's I'm I'm hooked on it. Uh, but yeah, no, that's where I, uh, like I could buy Sprite if that was written better. But she should have been the villain. That would have been a that, that like that would have been. I could have believed her motivations beyond just loving Icarus. Of just like, why did uh, Arashem make me a li- like? There could have been. You could have been wrestling with so many different ideas of gods. Like they're all based on Roman and Greek gods. Icarus, uh, or other kind. You know, Gilg- Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh, who. Why even have him in the movie? He's gonna be like there were so many characters too. Like I, I, as you watch this movie, I would like to believe everyone uh, is just picturing what they would do and what they wouldn't do. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, there are so many characters, and the way they help differentiate the characters is by color coding them, which I thought was kind of ridiculous. They were like Power Rangers. It's like okay, like our main <laughs> characters. You know, you have uh, Cersei who's green and Icarus is blue and, and all this. And I'm like, that's that's so childish I in a way. Like, why why would a celestial bother to assign them colors <laughs> and like for any reason? Like, I, I didn't really uh, for some of that. They kept bothering me throughout the movie. I'm like, why? Why are we now? Because that is something you'd see like in a children's cartoon, not necessarily something you should be seeing at this point, like 20 plus movies into this epic comic book universe. I, I kept, uh, you know, doing research because I, I was a, like, I'm, there are way bigger Marvel fans than I am. Like the Eternals never showed up in anything. So uh, when I was doing research, not only about the movie, but about the characters in general, this was like, Jack Kirby wanted to get out. He wanted to do something other than Marvel, but because he was working under Marvel, Marvel's like, no, it's going to be about Mar- it, Mar- it, like they're going to be in the Marvel universe. He wanted to do a story about gods, and Marvel back then was like, no, you can, but it's in the Marvel universe, and so, it has to be on Earth. I, like, to- why, why not? Like, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy is so much fun and a fresh breath of air it, where, for when it takes place within the franchise because it's somewhere totally different and takes us into a whole other part of this universe. Why couldn't these Eternals be taking place somewhere totally... Like, why do we have to be back on Earth? Why? Why That is so limiting and so unsatisfying as someone who we, we keep getting tastes of different parts of the universe. Why do we have to keep coming back to Earth, especially when you have characters that are supposed to be this these infinite cosmic entities? Yeah, and this movie is visually st- like the I Chloe Zhao knows how to direct. This movie is visually stunning. Like the parts where anytime Arisham they're talking to each other and I know it's full on exposition scene, but it looked beautiful. Sure, sure. I mean there's there's some like your visual You could have done that in space. Moments. You could have had like that's what I'm saying. Like, oh, sure. The cosmic Marvel is beautiful looking, and that's a lot of like this movie made me appreciate James Gunn and what he brought to the MCU. Just because like the Guardians was relatively unknown to an audience, and people like I'm playing the video game right now, and it's just it's people. It's in like people know all these characters. My mom knows who Groot is. Like it's where that's yeah. where we're at. But you you kind of it's not that you want the guardians humor in an eternals movie but i kept saying not even kamal nanjiani and brian tyree henry who are 
the comedic actors, they couldn't even bring a lot of humor to this movie. I felt like he was basically doing what we expect him to do in this movie, right? He's he's kind of playing off of kind of roles we've seen him do previously, like in Silicon Valley. You know, he's like kind of this cocky guy, and he kind of goes on these rants, da-da-da. And so he's doing his thing. And that's another thing I get a little annoyed with is when movies try to lean on a comedic actor to just do their shtick without really seeing how it plays in or giving them anything interesting to say or do. Just like, just do your thing that everyone knows you're funny for. Like, that's... Yeah. You know, how does that work into this plot? It was just a distraction, really. All my friends from college are here. Oh. Oh, boss! Perfect timing. Welcome to the set of Shandar Dastane Icarus. I'm playing you. You like the costume? We need to talk. Tell the director I have some notes for him. We need to talk to you in private. Oh, Karan, he's worked with me for 50 years. I trust him completely. Actually, when we first met, he thought I was a vampire, and he tried to stake me through the heart. I've apologized so many times. Not quite enough times. Very close, though. I'll let you know. And I felt bad for him, too. Uh, You know, I think everyone, the the whole world was so impressed with his workout when he, like, and we only got to see his arms. Right? Did we even really get to see that? It didn't matter. No, we, did, we just or, see his arms in the, you know, in the Bollywood scene, and right. I, like, I, I'll give the movie some. I appreciated his decision. Uh, God, even the movie, the parts. It's how I kind of felt about the Last Jedi. What it was trying to do in so many ways was very interesting. But it, like a gymnast in the air, they're doing all these amazing stunts, and then when they land, they break their foot. Like, I think Kamel going, I love the humans, but I'm also kind of loyal to the Arashem. I'm going to I'm gonna not fight any of you. But he's just, I'm going to be Switzerland. Yeah, he leaves. He leaves, and then he comes back at the end to uh, walk Cersei to her car. Or Icarus, Without any reason as to why he decided to come around and fight on the Cersei side of things. Icarus killing himself. Just like goodbye, goodbye forever. I'm into the, like I had to confirm. I'm like, is he dead? Yeah, he flew into the sun. Icarus flew too close to, into well, the sun. Well, poor I laugh. Poor Richard Madden. Can he survive anything? Could he ever have any character that lasts in a franchise? But um, I mean, with the Icarus character, I think I guess because it's his name, right? He flew too close to the sun, and it was that is the He's like, I have character. to go back to my home planet. They need me. Then he just like I'm like I kept saying, is he dead? And but the way it was like executed was comedic <laughs> yeah it was silly it was supposed to be serious but it, it came off as silly then you mentioned brian tyree henry as festos and okay we get our first gay marvel hero right i feel like this movie's kind of patting itself on the back for that i'm like okay like that's nice and all but i again i really don't care i again like it was they introduced his character kind of halfway through the movie Right, or like you, you, you see him in the beginning, but you get back to him halfway through the movie, and they set up this whole thing, and they make such a big deal about it, and it's almost as if this movie is like, okay, we finally did it, we finally have a gay Marvel character, here it is, check that off our list, so you can stop complaining about it. I mean, that's what I felt about like we have a Black Widow movie. Will you stop saying get us a Black Widow movie already? Uh, but with that character who I actually pause, he doesn't come into the movie until about like an hour and a half. Like, it, like it's amazing. But that character had so, like, w- with one of the themes of like, what is it like to be a living God? 
who you're not supposed to interfere, but he helped invent Hiroshima, like the, the atomic bomb. And you get a nice little, you know, unique little flashback. And then that's it. Nothing, nothing, nothing ever happens again. We did, you know, you have to go create the Unimine. We have to rely on his humor. To, like, There's too his, many things going on. He's very good at being. He's very good at being uh, quietly sassy. I think. I think that's always his humor. Um, and it just like the characterization stops at like one sentence. There's interesting ideas about the characters, yes. like this with Fastos, but there's not enough time to really explore any of these ideas in an in-depth way. You know, if maybe they, they made it into a TV show, so I'm saying is then you would be able to focus more on these ideas because these characters have supposedly been on Earth for all of human history. And that's a lot you could explore. There's a lot of history that you can show them witnessing or maybe having played a part of. Or basically, I'm getting a sense that the legends of Icarus and Gilgamesh, blah, 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 is from them. That's how we got these legends is because, I mean, I I thought that was the idea, at least. And that wasn't really maybe what wound up happening. But if, again, you maybe see how they play a part in history, inadvertently at least, that would be interesting, but we don't have enough time in this movie to do that, even though it's two and a half hours. I wonder if like Kevin Feige and the other Marvel people do think like they could have they should have gone the TV route with this because they were I I I understand why they wanted to make this into a movie because there's a quote that does not live up well that like they thought that this they were banking on this to be best picture they wanted this to follow what like there's a quote from like they are and you could see essence of like more like it is a different kind of marvel movie it almost feels like and to quote a, a movie critic it feels like a dc movie but it does fall back into a lot of its marvel like stuff we love about Marvel. Well, again, the humor or the attempt of humor is kind of similar, similar kind of beats and cadences, the way they deliver certain jokes and punchlines. And, but then I can see the DC-ness of it all, especially with the godlike uh, aspect to it and how it's a lot of morals and philosophies and contemplating and somberness, frankly. I feel like this movie, maybe it's from the director bringing this into the movie, but there's a bit of somberness in this movie that I felt like was too heavy-handed or it like it's too heavy-handed but then again it's like i don't even know how to describe the hand it's like missing a couple fingers like it's just there's not there's not much there it's like it's like eating a piece of bread and you're realizing there's nothing in there uh and it's like eating a blueberry muffin but there's no blueberries i'm trying to find it's just it's so like the themes of it are just like if you want to make this like Doctor Shivago, if you make if you want to make this an epic love story, I didn't get that. I and I and the theme there's a lot like the theme of it should have been like focused more on Cersei and hey if you want to build up Black Knight, I don't know the audience. I don't know Black Knight that well. Now's a good time to build up no Black idea. like Black Knight and just kind of you know it might be Game of Thronesy, but not only her name is Cersei, but you got Jon Snow and Kate Harrington. Uh, you got Jon Snow and uh, Richard Madden saying, I love you, Cersei, which is jarring. Uh, but you can kind of 
deal with themes of that and you can also add in some sprite there you could deal with fastos you could deal uh makari and droog part of me wanted to cut them out but makari is a very fascinating character and they just like you know in terms of getting back the the gang back together they could they definitely had to cut for time let's just throw her on the van and because droog she's here droog now is the one character nothing against the actor but cut him he is not like i get why they had him he is the he villain was- He's the villain He in, in the comics, and they did a switcheroo. Oh, he, yeah, because I had a sense that yeah, he was maybe the darkest one in terms of at least his mood. I mean, his his color is black. Yeah. and They wanted to trick you. He, the actor was definitely giving off the most kind of mysterious way about him. I mean, I, yeah, he was the one character I couldn't really make heads or tails of. Like, is he on board? Does he want to save? Does he not care? Is he indifferent? Like, what? Like, I, I couldn't really understand how this character – was feeling at any time in the movie and I, I i don't know how intentional that was but yeah i agree maybe introduce him later on you know like maybe you have all these internals in the beginning you show the backstory but maybe you're not able to get the whole gang together maybe just some of the gang back together and you have this movie and if you want to do more eternals then you bring others in at some point uh i don't know but yeah you, and you got like i i realized it on this uh, watch around that what he is doing like is completely unethical and no one no one not even the the human cameraman calls him out he is mind like like forcing people to live with him in the woods because he doesn't want to live with like he is he is enslaved a whole village of people by taking over their minds because the moment that they're free of his control they're like get out of here we gotta go so does he really punished for his actions for doing this no, no. The, they don't the eternal characters the other eternals don't really seem to care that he's doing that to the, all these poor people it's like all right just cut it out and, and join us all right like just please stop controlling these people's minds so you can help us save the world it's it's like no big and deal he has a relationship with makari which is fine but makari and i think it's you know, I'm all 100% for representation. I think a, I think a character like Makari really works. But I hope if I were to ask anybody, like, describe to me Makari, they're going to say, oh, that's the deaf one. Like, I didn't get anything oh, yeah. more than that. Like, she's eating snacks. She can run really fast, which I actually kind of like the graphics on that. But, but this movie has 10 plus, and I'm counting, like, 10 major characters on that poster and then you got a deviant general. Uh, you got oh, you got yeah, uh, yeah. Kurt Harrington. You got Kamel uh, Nanjiani's driver, who I liked adding a human element to that. I wanted him to call out, like, you're all not good people. Our universe is a constant exchange of energy. An infinite cycle of creation and destruction. Celestials use energy gathered from host planets to create suns, generating gravity, heat, and light for new galaxies to form. Without us, our universe will fall into darkness. All life will die. Yeah, you know, the the deviant thing... I mean, I guess that's the whole reason these Eternals are on Earth in the first they place didn't need that is guy. just to fight deviants. 
they they they're that's the only reason in there is to fight these monsters and to stop them from interfering in human progress which is such like a weak thing to me like that's the only reason why you're there is to fight these monsters that's not very interesting and they're not supposed to interfere which is their lazy explanation as to why they didn't get involved in the whole infinity war saga <laughs> although like i don't know like were any of them blipped out of existence they're they're they could you die clearly they're not you could have helped yeah i could could have done something but you would think that were they affected by the blip were any of them blipped out for that period of time because they're they are alive they are like life forms so they would be susceptible to the snap you know there was not really any reference to that at all they really glossed it over which again if you take place on earth you have to rectify that in some way i mean i guess you'd have to rectify it just by taking place in the universe in general but um yeah they're aware of the avengers they're aware of all this you you could really release yourself of all these restrictions that are tying you down by having it take place in some other far off planet i think now like we have to be really careful with our blockbusters trying to make like Endgame was a buildup of 18 movies and that so like an end of the world event that that makes sense of course both in Infinity War and Endgame but we like you know you look at like people not not every blockbuster needs to be the world is going to end i think people do appreciate the smaller uh stories of like i don't know it's amazing if you were to look at the all the releases like let's take the movies of mc because we you know we got the backlog of from covid we got like nine releases last year and you know everyone loves spider-man that's actually a really damn good movie people also love shang chi like that's such a fun movie i love spider-man as well also being a fanboy of the Tobey Maguire series, you know, spoiler alert. I, well, Everyone I'm knows. pretty sure the marketing materials knows yeah. that, you know, they tie in the other franchises, but I, I really like that one a lot, but again, it's a breath of fresh air because it's not the end of the world. It is. You're so invested in this character and everything's at stake for him. Yes. Doesn't have to be everything at stake for everybody. And, you know, Shang-Chi and the 10 rings, I thought was, was fun and everything, but personally, the end was such a CGI That's overload fair. that I kind of became removed from you know being invested as a viewer. It kind of took me out a bit. I'm like, holy crap, there's like so much going on. And I, I don't know how else you would get all that in there except to have all this CGI and everything. Um, That's fair. Yeah, it, it was it was fine. And uh, I, I enjoyed like the legend and the backstory and everything like that. But um, to me, I was with the exception of Spider-Man, I'm more interested in these TV series that are coming out than the movies because Loki and WandaVision, those got me back into a franchise that I really thought I was going to move away from. And, uh, you know, I'm more interested in the future based on what those TV series did, right? As opposed to maybe what this like Eternals movie is doing, or even like, you know, Black Widow seemed to be like such an afterthought. It was again, a fine movie, but it's like too little too late for this character. Yeah, it's, I feel kind of like as an invested viewer of Marvel, I have one foot in the door and one foot out. And I'm still really not sure if I'm going to go one way or the other yet. That remains to be seen. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, you look at that 
PowerPoint presentation they do every Comic Con, and you're and it, it's a lot of it's overwhelming, and you have to say, I uh, one thing I did last year was I watched uh in a build up to No Time to Die. I my dad's favorite franchise is James Bond, so I'm like I will watch all the Bond movies. I've seen a, a fair amount, but I'm gonna watch them all, and I think. It's kind of interesting. Like that franchise has seen 25 movies, has seen some great highs and some low lows. And then truly a roller coaster franchise. It put a lot of Marvel's franchise, which is kind of, you know, uh, James Bond, the Bond franchise is 60 years old. This one is basically like 12. If you want to say 2008. Yeah. is the first Iron Man movie, right? So it's been around now. This is 2022. Yeah. We're recording this. 14 years. That's amazing. 14, 14 years, and how many movies are we in now? Like over 20 movies, uh, I'm assuming. Whereas We're about to hit 25. Right, because like, obviously you have many franchises within, so, you, yeah. so you're able to get multiple movies in every year. It's supposed to be James Bond, which is just the one guy, so only every few years. Speaking of Odin, Thor used to follow me around when he was a little kid. Now he's a famous Avenger and won't return my calls. So now that Captain Rogers and Iron Man are both gone, who do you think is going to lead the Avengers? I could lead them. I figured I'd be good at that. Yeah, you would. Ajax didn't even choose you to lead us. Whoa! Ouch! Ouch. I'm going to let that one slide because, you know, you've always been better that I can fly and you can. Oh, so much you can fly. I'm better looking. Everybody knows that. <laughs> so, you know, I, I felt personally very satisfied with the end of Endgame, just emotionally and... Yeah, obviously, it's kind of like there was so much buildup and going to get us to that point. Obviously, if you're going to start over, basically, with this new phase, it's going to, again, take some time to get the wheel rolling again yeah. and to get as excited as you had before, obviously. So you need to be patient again as a viewer. But, um, yeah, it seems to me like the future is multiverse for this franchise. It's basically what we're getting as a hint from from Loki, um, kind of opened the door to that uh, Spider-Man and it seems like with the trailer to the next uh, Doctor Strange movie that's really going to be where this franchise is heading and so we'll see we'll see if maybe they also take that as an opportunity to tie in like you know maybe the X-Men franchise and bring in Deadpool which would be cool we'll see I'd, I'd be interested to see all of that but um, with the characters we're left with in this current Marvel Universe um I'm kind of yeah. If if the Eternals is like here's your new cast of characters, I'm kind of like what else you got? Well, yeah, it's uh, to just go on like a little bit of a Marvel like what I love and they're ob yeah they're obviously going to go into the uh, multiverse and there is a lot to do there. But we're, we're get yeah we're getting a new cast of characters that like I think Florence Pugh. Is great Yolena. I can't wait to see that character. Kate Bishop, Haley Stein. Uh, I was gonna say. Are they gonna bring back Florence Pugh into something? Uh, I would say watch Hawkeye, which is an enjoyable romp. I would say I enjoyed it. Uh, okay. I enjoyed see, it. I'm I'm behind with Hawkeye and on the um the Winter Soldier Falcon shows. I need to watch Hawkeye. I watched like right as Christmas was like going. I waited till it was finished, but it was a nice like Christmas movie. But it, it, you know, you Kate Bishop's a good character, but I, I'll, I won't say what happens. But I, uh, but uh, once again, Shang Chi 
is uh it's a nice addition. And yeah, no, you can you could see Shang-Chi interacting with Spider-Man, interacting with you could see like a new I think the new Avengers getting their legs going. And you're right. I don't <laughs> you're going to need some good writers to really throw in the Eternals because you know, they're with the post-credit scene that I feel like was shot the week before the movie. Um like I don't know this character. I had to look it up, and they're gonna have to really, like Harry Styles. No Knight. wonder why Thanos was angry. Uh, when you have Harry Styles as your brother, and you look like a like a pink thumb, oh, like yeah, like, that... I, like I get it. Harry, which I was like, that's Thanos's brother. They don't look anything like and him. I, it's in the comics, and Eros. I think Harry Styles is kind of like works could work as that, but it's just like, oh, I don't even know how the if they're going into the multiverse like where do these characters like when does Kamel Nanjiani pop up and go like hello hello like everybody uh am I gonna be excited let me explain his character appears Kingo no I'm not gonna care when he <laughs> like oh look now we're bringing these characters like, remember how in the old Avengers movies when the characters would show up we'd be like yeah yeah like we're tying them all in now I'm not gonna really care with these characters well it, it, it because like in I, and maybe this is the way Jack Kirby and Stan like these characters are weren't even supposed to be in the Marvel universe anyway, and I really never heard like I really never heard of them, and it's just it's such a shame because Chloe Zhao is coming off like the you know granted she, she I, Nomadland was a very good movie and also the writer is a very good movie and she wanted to direct. A Marvel movie, like she went to Marvel and said, "I want to work on something." Uh, so she's coming off uh, best act, uh, best director, best script, best picture at the last Oscars, and so they're trying to ride like all. I remember all the trailers from from Academy Award winning Chloe Zhao, and then this script, which even though she like. I, the the story was by people, but and I think Chloe's out just kind of like script doctored it, kind of like wanted to put her voice into it. But I like the story is very hard to get on board with. No matter what was happening, again, it was hard for me to get interested in from from the get go because of how much I couldn't really get invested in the characters. Um, but yeah, like it goes in all these crazy directions, especially with that. Uh, what do you call it deviant general which didn't go anywhere <laughs> like oh you, they said this guy is he the main bad guy no does he have any impact on the plot no oh my god when um, he came in and like the last when they're all fighting icarus and then he came into the battle i was like oh my god dude read the room like what are like we have eight people we have 80 people on this island like we can't fight you now and then like they're trying to make Athena interesting because she has like Alzheimer's and it just—it's like it's interesting to All right, a point. Yeah, Angelina Jolie. It's interesting to a point, and then it just falls flat. Well, that was also to reveal that these characters are going to be erased, and they've done this over and over again. They're basically like these like robot servants of the Celestial. That's like the big reveal. Yeah. And they've done this probably a whole bunch of times, and now they want to break the cycle. Um, sure, I guess. But um, yeah, it, it's it would be more impactful this whole idea that they're going to be 
erased this whole experience from them to move on again. It would be more impactful if we got a closer look at how important their lives are to them on this earth and spend more time with them and see like what is at stake uh, with these relationships that they've built. You know, like Kim Fastos has his family and then Cersei has his relationship and stuff. We don't spend enough time with any of that to really care if it gets lost and taken away. And I don't think, Um, I don't think we as see, this is the part about playing in the Marvel Disney sandbox is like, I don't think a movie Eternals could be a best picture. It could be, uh, it just has to maybe lean towards being more like Logan or Blade Runner 2049, where you don't have to worry about a God rising out of the, like, is that stuck there now? Is that going to be mentioned in other, is that going to be turned into a theme park or something? I hope I like, it's going to be considered like a wonder yeah, of the world like, or something like, well, look at sticking out of the ocean. I, I'm going to go thing. off on a little, like, we've always when we lived together we always said what's the worst universe to live in and like if i lived in the marvel universe i would just accept death on a daily basis especially with this movie when the god at the end just like makes a collect phone call in front of everyone on earth it's just like hi i need to pick up like you 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 it reminded me of the rick and morty like when those heads pop up like can like show me what you got like it it it's just like well, at that point, people on Earth in this universe have to be thinking to themselves, "What else can we possibly <laughs> take at this point? We've been through so fucking much, and now this like being is showing up. Like, like come on, no like, more. I, like, give us a freaking break. Like, I lived through New York. I lived through Sokovia. I lived through five years or one year of a blip, and like this doesn't. I bet people are going like, this is just Tuesday. Like it." Yeah, now they're just used to it, maybe. I also get a kick out of, basically, it, it turns out it would have been better to be snapped out of existence knowing that you eventually come back as opposed to living through those five hellish years never knowing yeah. if they're if those people are coming back and society collapsing. But, uh, so that, that I thought that was like a funny thing to, to realize. But, but, um, yeah, uh, but to go back to the point... Oh, with, sorry. I, uh, to go back to the point I was making is like they you could clearly see them trying to make this movie maybe a little bit bigger than a comic book, but it's also a Disney movie. It, 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 uh, it, uh, it, it, that's not a fault per se. Like I think uh, if you look at Black Panther, Black Panther was able to touch on some issue. Like it was able to hit the zeitgeist of the beat of the country in the moment. And I, my criticisms of Black Panther are probably the same criticisms you have a shang chi like that third act is a little bit cgi like they're all like the rhinoceroses and stuff but they have some characters that you can latch on to i thought michael b jordan should have been nominated with uh oh it's excellent and i mean i feel like at least the action was done more so in a way that it felt more grounded in reality in black panther than yes it, than it did in chunk there's something that you can latch on to in that but with this one it's you I don't know. I feel like if you if you were to make this uh, a smaller, like the, the, some of the shots in that, it looks like uh, a beautiful, like uh, Selma Hayek on the, her ranch. Give me that. And if I keep thinking, like, if they made this into a TV show, because I kept saying, like, this could have been the first, like, mockumentary 
uh, MCU film. They like because you you're having a guy with a camera, you're having a guy follow Kamal uh, Nanjiani's drivers following around with a camera. I would have liked to have seen something of that. That would like that would have been an interesting way to uh, to view this movie. But they're not going to do that. But if in a t- oh God forbid they make it into a found footage in a movie. TV show, that would be a great episode. Different genre, right, something lighter. Different genres, uh, for different for like to introduce all different these characters. characters. Oh, that see, that's an interesting idea. They'd be able to explore more in the TV format. I think, um, with yeah, I, I, I'm trying to wrap my brain, you know, because we've been a little harsh on it, and again, the audience did like this movie, and my my guess from reading from some of these audience comments is that yeah this movie yeah it was released in theaters right and it maybe just scratches an itch you know like you're you're getting in it's it's something familiar again where you know you're getting that marvel cadence you're having some action you're having some familiar feelings you did when you went to see previous marvel movies so it maybe is fulfilling a need uh that has that we we weren't able to have for for a good year without like these releases in the theater. So maybe maybe there's something of that uh, to speak of. Uh, I'm not quite sure. But some people were actually moved by the movie. And, you know, it's interesting. Maybe just on the surface level was, was enough from, from you know, the way the music's composed, from, from the sweeping shots, from, from the visuals. Maybe that is enough to win over some people. Um, yeah, you know, maybe they there was enough of them to hang on to with the characters. I, I, I'm not quite sure. And a lot of people like ensemble movies for, you know, just it's, I guess, sometimes fun to see all these actors getting together. I, I, I'm i like spitballing. No, here. no, no. But <laughs> I once again, I'm not this isn't a bad movie or an awful movie. So that plays to its. It's a disappointing that's movie. That's what plays to its favor in the fact that. Uh, I mean, hey, the the people that really love. There are people out there that really love Batman versus Superman, and those people got a four-hour movie out of their love of loving Batman versus Superman. So there are people that I, I, if someone were to tell me I really liked Eternals, I would want. I'm very curious as to why, like why, like where would they put it in their ranking? I could see there being a. It's it, there's more never. I mean, it's not never nudes. There's more than twelve, but I could see that there are people that are <laughs> there are dozens of. There them. are people that really kind of latched on to this movie in the same way I could see people latching on to Batman v Superman and what it tried to do. Or yeah, well, you know, I I do think that this movie has a heart. I think that there's definitely some. Um, there's a lot of good intentions with this movie. It's just crowded. Right, like, like obviously with characters, with with plot, too much going on with the story. If they simplified, like we've been saying, then you could have seen more of that heart, and it could have hit home a little better. And obviously, we could have gotten a little more invested in the characters. Um, but uh, it's it's just trying to do too much. It's maybe you can say it's a bit too ambitious. I'm not quite sure, but you know, if you if you take back again, it doesn't have to be a end the world scenario. If it's just what's important to these characters, it could just be what they're about to lose. Maybe you can have something where it was that their time on Earth is coming to an end. It doesn't mean it's because of the destruction of Earth. It's just because whatever reason you can come up with, you know, the celestial says so, and so yeah, you know, they're maybe trying to 
fight back at him so they can stay. I don't know something that it's it's more of their story. I I agree with you wholeheartedly, and I think it's just like something as like we are along for this ride of the MCU, and we always want to see where it how how this universe can get bigger. Like I you know in Loki you know in the the time but does it need to get exactly like like not every movie needs to like uh guardians of the galaxy expanded it in so many ways and i feel like it like on that was that was the last thing it focused or not the last thing but like them going to nowhere served the plot point like it does it didn't and it's such a cool place but it uh like i'm more invested in the characters as opposed to like they well they gave themselves they gave themselves in guardians creative freedom because it's taking place in a part of this universe we've never been to before and even thought there there could be. And so, you know, they, they could go to all these amazing places and, uh, again, have the freedom to have the story be whatever they want. They can go wherever they want to go. It was it was just smart to do it that way. And re- looking back, a really smart franchise to build up. Now, that being said, we are going to get a Guardians 3, yeah. which, from what I understand, will be the last of what we'll see with this lineup of guardians which is interesting because i'm aware that there are other lineups of guardians of the galaxy if they want to eventually bring in those characters i don't know but you know i've i've been looking forward to guardians 3 we were supposed to get that initially back in 2020 and that was delayed for a multitude of reasons and but we're finally going to get it and i'd be very excited to see that one. i i guess what i'm trying to say and uh like with eternals is i i don't we didn't need to know right away that like, I think like, you know, with guardians, we expanded the re- outer reaches of space. I don't think we needed like the biblical, how the earth and all, like all this was started. Like that's how we're expanding the MCU, how the MCU has, has started. And it's not that I'm not interested in it. I actually find like, you know, when you're tackling like celestials, that could be a, that, you know, it's cool. They're in the comics. You have to, you know, you have to be fun to bring them in, but maybe establish these characters first and then bring them in for the sequel or like hints yeah, of the hints maybe, of the celestials. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, we had a celestial in the second guardians movie and small G small G. Yeah. These, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, minor yeah. one, but you're right. It's when, when you. It's kind of like how you Black Panther appeared in Civil War before he had his own movie, etc. Like let's let's kind of get a sneak peek of some of these characters. And I mean, I guess that's the idea of what they're doing with this Black Knight character. Um, you know, having him appear in this, but it has to be a little less obvious because at least Black Panther served up purpose in civil war he had something to do he had an arc he he was like an integral part of the story yeah whereas kit harrington really is just kind of there with with no i'll pay someone to like tell me why he was important and and don't not say to set up a character that you don't you just heard of when i heard of him but it's it's just like i don't know it's 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 disappointing and i I th- and I say that as a big MCU fan, and w- when people go like, "Oh, I- like I'm not gonna reevaluate my relationship with the MCU because like like oh I liked Thor: The Dark World, and that's because I've seen the Thor: The Dark World in MCU marathons. Granted, I know why people don't like it, uh, 
but there's stuff that there's stuff that I like about it. But this one is just I'm not itching to go like I'm not itching to go back to this right away. And when I was watching it on this run, no. I pa- I had to pause it and I'm just like, "Oh my god." Like it, like I started this at like 8. Like why how is it only like 11? <laughs> yeah, it's it's I agree. It's maybe not really one of the more rewatchable Marvel movies because yeah. most of them are very rewatchable. It's just it's a bit frustrating to to see how you know it's it's again too stuffed. It's 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 frustrating to see how um you know they they have lofty ambitions but they're holding themselves back. It feels for for most of the film. You have chosen to sacrifice a celestial for the people of this planet. I will spare them, but your memories will show if they are worthy to live. And I will return for judgment. So uh, I think we can get into our our score for Eternals. So Keith, what, what would be your percentage score for Eternals? God, I, I said like, like there are some of the, the, the lower rankings of Marvel movies for me that I'm like, all right, it's 60, it's passable. And maybe like, I I still feel that way, but I'm not itching to watch like Iron Man two or like that again. But this one, this one I do like, I'm older. I'm, I'm much more, I know who I am and what I like and, doing this podcast now for six seasons, by the way, I've become at least more attuned to having some eye of criticism. I hate to say it, but like, it's not a bad movie, but I also gave Batman V Superman. I gave Batman V Superman a 54. There's some stuff to enjoy in that movie. I'm going to give it a 53. My oh, first, you would take Batman v Superman my, over this by one percent. Yeah, there's some fun to be had in that, but uh, but I, I do think this is what I would say my first rotten Marvel movie. Mm. Um, but it's okay. not. I I'm curious to see what like they, these characters are going to be brought back. I'm curious to see what's done with them. I'll say that, right. You know, ultimately, I think it's a shame because you know it's it's nice to see uh, a more diverse yes. cast of characters in a Marvel movie. Don't get me wrong; I think it's great that now there's visibility for a gay character, and you know, you have like a very, um, you know, like you have like the deaf character. You have all these different kinds of heroes that you don't normally see. But it'd be nice if they each had their own moment instead of all sharing a moment at once, because yeah. then it again that's going back to doing too much. Yes. So, um, you know, to me, again, it's it's a disappointing movie and crazy that it's not really rewatchable because I feel like Marvel prides itself on that. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd give it like a down the line 50. Just and I appreciate the ambition. I appreciate what the movie's trying to do. But ultimately, you know, it all starts with the script. Very much so. And I, th- I think they should have maybe retooled you know what they thought we would care about as audience members when it comes to this whole new set of characters we don't know any of them we have to introduce 10 people like you know what's important to us what's worked before and how are you going to translate that to this it seems like they just kind of missed the mark over what was working for them before so um 
Yeah, it seems like we're in the lower 50s, Keith. What's our official average? 51.5. All right. Well, you know, we're a little higher than the critics, <laughs> um, but much lower than the audiences. So I, I officially decree that on Eternals, we are siding with the critics. So we'll, we'll see the future. Let's see what the future holds for Marvel. How long we'll be. I feel like, Keith, you're going to be there till the very bitter end. And you might be one of the few. We'll see. I, I mean, I'm, I, I think going into the TV route was, has been very interesting. And it's going to be interesting to see them introduce new characters. Like, And this isn't like promotional stuff, but uh, She-Hulk and Moon Knight. Because you could see like, oh, maybe they could have made an Eternals TV show. But what, I think that quote when they said they wanted to make it best pick. They, this is best picture material. That aged like milk. Marvel movies. That aged like milk. See, like that. Or, <laughs> that expired. I agree. That's, you know, Marvel movies, not to say that they, they can't be prestigious, but when you go, usually anytime you go into a movie thinking this is going to win an Oscar, that's usually a recipe for Just disaster. be fun. You should just make be- a movie. Just make a good movie. Yeah. You shouldn't worry about if it's going to win awards. Make it good first and then worry about the awards later. Yeah. Um, so thanks uh, to Marvel for all these great movies. <laughs> no, like, we we'll, love you, we'll... Kevin. We love the whole ga- – like I, I, we say this as fans. I think we can't – like I think if we were on board with everything, that would make us sick of fans. Like, right, right. It's like – that's the same thing. I was critical with Captain Marvel because I expect more. The the bar is has been raised to a very high level, and then I mean, apparently, the the Venom franchise might be tied into this somehow, as we we saw from one post credit scene that I did not really even understand. But maybe we'll get this. Spider Man is uh, the divorce time. kid of the MCU because it like you got Sony making their own Spider Man movies. Like they just announced like Dakota Johnson as Madam Web. I'm like, huh, that's gonna be a movie. Weird. Uh, old woman in a chair. Uh, so he's kinda like owned between Disney and Sony. It's so bizarre. <laughs> he's gotta go to family court and it's very traumatizing. <laughs> um, Alright, well, so far, so good. Starting off this new batch of episodes, Keith. Uh, you know, we'll we'll get into maybe more movies that we do enjoy. But uh, it's always a pleasure uh, going over these divided films with you. And uh, can't wait to get into the next All one. All right.